2: Another look at Afghanistan. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Now, this might be a little more serious than most. One's more thing. Hey, one I, more's I, thing. The guy who says one more thing is that yeah. is that somebody's pipes.
3: is that somebody's voice slowed down or is that an ogre? One is that an more actual, thing. Is that an actual ogre? Brr, brr. I love those voices. Is that overs. what's his name, <clears> or <throat> over it's, in the corner? It's a little bit of both. He he went extra <laughs> yeah. deep and then I slowed him down.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's nice. That is good. Because high-voiced thing. people deserve no respect.
3: <laughs> oh, no, they should be shunned.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, unless they're rock and roll singers. But then but they of, should be worshipped as gods. Sure. Yeah, helium inhalers. Yeah. Right, right. So I uh, got a couple of emails I mentioned a, a couple of times during the Armstrong and Getty show, the, the the radio show that I really wanted to get to. But they're both long-ish, especially the second one I'm going to share with you. But they have to do with Afghanistan, the multi-part uh, feature in the washington post about the the many many repeated systematic lies misleading um you know uh, messages to the american people about how it's going and, and whether we have a strategy etc cetera, etc cetera. um anyway so I'll, I'll hit part of these and and feel free to jump in and discuss anybody as you like uh, the first one comes from our old friend kemper the genius of vallejo california um, who says, I- I'll admit I got caught up in the frenzy to avenge 9-11 and my brilliant socialist pals in Scotland also concluded that we had to kick some ass. There was a lot of agreement at the time. Uh but I uh, I was mindful of my libertarian principles and the constitutional provision that wars be declared by Congress and was a shame that I didn't stand by Ron Paul, Rand Paul, who didn't allow their emotions or any mob mentality of blood loss to compromise their philosophies. I rejected lefties claims that it's n- another Vietnam every time we send troops into combat overseas. And I'm sure as hell not a Trumpkin, but as much as I hate to concede mistakes, failure, and the pointlessness of continuing to fight battles we're not able or willing to win it certainly seems that the framers got it right and that libertarians and constitutionalists like rand paul should be respected taken seriously and allowed to influence our compulsions toward military adventurism
3: well you know what kemp a super <coughs> smart guy but that is maybe the best point i've heard on this yeah. since the story came out on monday if we followed the constitution and Congress only declared war, then they would all have a stake in it. And they would have to answer to constituents who would be wanting to pay attention. And maybe you could end these things if you're not accomplishing anything. That's the only way you're going to get accountability. Right. Is if everybody's got some skin in the game.
2: It's funny. I had this thought as I was reading, I think it was part three of the, the Washington Post thing. Um, it's it's more a short book than a long article, but uh, it occurred to me as they were describing, you know, I'd worked through the military part of it and, and the lack of strategy, coherent strategy, achievable goals part. And I was into the non-military part of it where you have all these aid agencies that are pouring. I mean, like a picture, one of those cement pourers just pouring cash on Afghanistan without rhyme nor reason. Um, and, and it occurred to me, we're so powerful And so rich as a nation, we can afford to be shitty at doing things like trying to fix Afghanistan and get away with it. And we can at least hold the line
3: at least uh, or at least uh, uh, it gets softened so much you don't need to pay attention to it right now. A trillion dollars is a trillion dollars. Right. Right. uh, We can can absorb it.
2: Yeah, right. You can put off the Day of Reckoning. I'll absolutely concede that. But it was it was a powerful I mean, it's a portrait of an incredibly powerful, incredibly rich country uh, putting aside the horrific tragedy of the young lives wasted, by the way, um, that can afford to be stupid. I mean, your middling powers can't afford stupidity on the scale of the American effort in Afghanistan. There's
3: no way how many how many countries could make a trillion dollar mistake. Are we the only
2: one? Damn near. Yeah. China maybe could, but barely. I, I don't think anybody else could make a trillion dollar mistake. Well, and as long as we're quoting the fabulous Kemper, he writes, there's the same pervasive arrogance that we've got the money, the men, the weapons and the guts to beat any adversary for totally committed to doing so. But it's never that simple, whether we're talking crime here at home or wars waged on the far side of the globe. There's too much collateral damage or too much restraint when the enemy isn't lined up in uniforms willing to meet us head on.
3: Well, and we weren't totally committed, uh, you know, for, for, for nine months we were. Um, Marshall, were you of an age where you could have been drafted at oh, any yeah. point?
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of my friends uh, went uh, to Vietnam.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the only other way to get people held to account on paying attention to these wars. We're never going to have it again. But
1: I was just going to say, you want to end the wars? Renew the draft. Bring yeah. yeah. back the
3: draft. Amen. College, college kids yep. going off today, um, or over the last 18 years of the war in Afghanistan, you could go off to college, not a thought in your head about the war in Afghanistan. You never think about it for one second. All right. And obviously, I'm guessing when you were uh, of that age, everybody was talking about it all the time. Oh, yeah. And you would watch. You'd be
1: in class, and all of a sudden you'd look around, and some of your friends weren't there anymore because they got drafted and because they kept raising the bar. All right, you don't. Know, you want to avoid the draft, you need to get a C average in school. Uh, you want to avoid the draft, you need to get a B average. And the bar kept getting wow. higher and studying higher and for higher. Your,
3: studying for your test to avoid to get shipped to war yeah holy crap
1: yeah and a lot of my friends just got worn out and said all right i give up i'm going in i'm getting drafted you know i can't i can't keep this pace up because you also had to do i think it was 16 units every semester and i mean it was constant all the
3: time imagine that's unimaginable to the modern college kid yeah wow
2: so uh the other email i want to share with you i'm going to i'm going to make up a name here uh Well, I don't know if I should. He didn't ask me to. I'll I'll just say it's from hmm, Garrett. I want to thank you for all you do for the veteran community. The amount of money you've raised for worthy causes over the years is mind boggling. As a thieving podcaster, I was able to donate this year and did so in honor of my friend and platoon leader from Iraq, James Neal. He was killed in Afghanistan a few years later on November 9, 2012. He was a tremendous warrior and a better man, father, and husband. With the release of the Afghanistan papers, I find myself deeply troubled with all that's been sacrificed there. While I was in Afghanistan, another soldier I had the honor to know was killed on March 16, 2011 at just 19 years old. His name was Arturo Rodriguez. I was was reading through this Washington Post article on the Afghanistan papers last night and began having a physical reaction in my stomach from the lies being revealed. I can't recall a time where reading has caused such a response. I can say that I knew this to be true while I was there. I wondered every day, what the fuck are we doing here? I've long called it my generation's Vietnam. You know, let me jump in and say, thank God, Garrett, that the numbers killed and wounded are a fraction of Vietnam. Oh, yeah. That no does kidding. not mean the devastation to the individuals and the families is, is any less. But God, at least it's not on that scale. But anyway, at the getting height
3: pre- of Vietnam. And I always remember this statistic at the worst part of Vietnam. We we're losing 150 guys a
2: week. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and again, that does not diminish the tragedy for the people it, wounded because tens of thousands have been wounded and, and killed, certainly in their families. But uh, it seems to be more true than ever that this is as generation's Vietnam. Thank you for con- t- continuing to shine a light on this war and our veterans. Lastly, and I know this is getting long, so I apologize. Here's an excerpt from a book called One Soldier's War by Arkady uh, Babichinko, Um It sums up my experiences as an infantryman better than anything I've ever read or could write myself. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to read this and thought we should do it on the podcast because it is a little long, but no one returns from the war ever. Mothers get back a sad semblance of their sons, embittered, aggressive beasts, hardened against the whole world and believing in nothing except death. Yesterday's soldiers no longer belong to their parents. They belong to war. Only their body returns from war. Their souls stay there. But the body still comes home, and the war within it dies gradually, shedding itself in layers, scale by scale. Slowly, very slowly, yesterday's soldier, sergeant, or captain transforms from a soulless dummy with empty eyes and a burnt-out soul into something like a human being. The unbearable nervous tension ebbs away, the aggression simmers down, the hatred passes, and the loneliness abates. It's the fear that lingers longest of all, an animal fear of death, But that, too, passes with time. And you start to learn to live with this life again. You learn to walk without checking the ground beneath your feet for mines and tripwires, and step on manholes on the road without fear, and stand at your full height in open ground. And you go shopping, talk on the phone, and sleep on a bed. You learn to take for granted the hot water and the taps, the electricity and the central heating. You no longer jump at loud noises. You start to live. At first... Because that's how it's worked out and you've stayed alive. You do it without gaining much joy from life. You look at everything as a windfall that came your way through some whim of fate. You lived your life from cover to cover in those 365 days you were there. And the remaining 50 odd years can't add anything to that time or detract from it. But then you start to get drawn into life. You get interested in this game, which isn't for real. You pass yourself off as a fully-fledged member of society, and the mask of a normal person grows onto you, no longer rejected by your body. And those around you think you are just the same as everyone else. But no one knows your real face. No one knows that you are no longer a person. Happy, laughing people walk around you, accepting you as one of their own, and no one knows where you have been finally but that doesn't bother you anymore you now remember the war as some cartoon horror movie you once saw but you no longer recognize yourself as one of its characters you don't tell anyone the truth anymore you can't explain what war really is like to someone who's never been there just as you can't explain green to a blind person or a man can't know what it's like to give birth they simply don't have the necessary sensory organs you can't explain or understand war all you can do is experience it
3: Boy, I know and, at least a couple of people that that applies 100% to.
2: And to send young men, especially and some young women by the hundreds of thousands through that. Just because and on and on and on, just because can 't really figure out how to end it, and we don 't know what we 're doing, so we 're just going to keep doing the same thing until we figure it out, and, and there's year an election after year after months. year goes by, right exactly yeah, yeah. well i don 't want to be the guy who lost the war, so we're, right. we'll keep it going at least you know right. through next year when the election is I just i I made the point uh, earlier today we were talking about the FBI, and I think this is about the military as well. You and I'm talking to our friends here listening. You don't want to be a dumb conservative if you have the capacity not to be. You want to be a smart conservative or a smart libertarian. Honor the military. Respect the military. Maybe raise millions of dollars for military causes. But don't worship the military. Don't say we're going to do what the generals say we need to do. Instead, say, we're going to listen carefully to what the generals say we need to do. But we, as people who don't have an ego and a rank and a career at stake, are going to take a look at the strategies. We're going to take a look at the tactics. We're going to take a look at the national interest. And we're going to take a look at these boys we're sending into battle. And we are going to make a smart decision. Be respectful. Don't be worshipful. Because if you're worshipful, this sort of thing happens for years and years and years.
3: Boy, that uh, phrase needs to be retired from elections. Oh, I'll listen to the generals. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've tried yeah. that a number of
2: times. Yeah, listen to them. Absolutely listen to them. And then tell them, we thank you very much, but I disagree. This is not an, a, a reachable goal. This is not a situation we can solve. We're getting the boys out. But that's really hard to do in a democracy, man, because if, if, if Barack Obama had done it, plenty of my friends, maybe even me, would have said, "Oh, great!" He just, you know, he, he handled it the wrong way, or whatever. And you know, knowing Barack Obama, he probably would have handled it the wrong way. Uh, read the uh, the the stuff in in the Wapo. But um, that person who makes that decision, no, we haven't exactly won, but we're getting out. That is, it's not political suicide, but it's putting your neck in a noose and balancing, you know, on the edge of the, uh, you know, the the chair.
3: I'm glad this report came out. Monday and not last week when we were raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station because when I was in the room on Friday with those guys walking around on fake legs or missing an eye or an arm or whatever, it would have been hard emotionally to be in in there and and not focus just on this report. I mean, because that's just, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around. That guy got his leg blown off. To to and and the people that sent him there say I don't know what we're trying to accomplish that you can't even put into words how maddening that is or how unfair that is.
2: Right, right, and even worse, you know I don't know what we're doing here, but I'm sure not saying it to the guy above me because I'll get yelled at. Oh yeah, or my my right you know, my, lose up to my job. the freaking president. Yeah, Bush guilty, Obama guilty, Trump. I feel like he's trying. But I, it seems like he's been bullied into more or less the same, uh, you know, circle, J as, as the previous two guys. It's something. Anyway, I, I warned you this might be a little heavy, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it sort of needed to be said.
3: Yeah, I, I, I hope this Washington Post report gets the uh, attention that it deserves and in the right places. For crying out loud, Congress needs to start declaring wars, not presidents, because everybody in Congress is too chicken to have their vote on, on it in case it goes
2: poorly. Lord knows that's true.
3: It's, uh, it's just so maddening all
2: the way I around. Know, but democracy is unworkable. It is a terrible form of government. It just happens to be less terrible than every single other one. But we, And again, and this is a point we've made on the show many times, it used to be Congress did vote for wars. Because, you know, we took the Constitution seriously. Now those who would game the system have gotten better at gaming it and offering half measures and weird, you know, authorizations of force and the rest of it that then they just milk and milk and milk.
3: Let's all pledge. I'm going to pledge right now. I will no longer support any military uh, action that looks like a war without Congress voting on it, including if my some of my favorite congressmen are making the argument of, no, the Authorization Act uh, under uh, 9-11 allows this. To-. bullshit. That's right. just bullshit.
2: You're right. a coward and you won't vote for it. It's hard to draw the line. I mean, if you send 150 guys to help out our, uh, our loyal friends in Nigeria, say. Now, is that a war? Um, no. But, uh, but, but I tell you what, why don't we all work on our own definition in our head? And then if, if what's happening fits your definition, go ahead and say what Jack was saying. And I think we'll all have a pretty good idea what's a war and what's not. Anywho. All right, at least that's a, po- a little positive uh, going forward. That's Yeah, I will, I will make that part of my thing for the rest of my days. You want to send our boys over, you put your name on the friggin' vote, you cowards. Well, I guess that's it.
0: Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.